0: Good morning. Thanks for that introduction, Andy. But just so you know me a little bit more, let me tell you a story of my boyhood in Zimbabwe. I used to love playing with insects and birds. My children are not like me. I don't know what happened there. One of the insects I liked to play with were millipeds. Millipeds, maybe you call them? I haven't quite seen them here in the UK. But I believe you know what that is, if you don't you can google that. A millipede has got a shell, it's a long insect, quite long, and there's a shell on, on, top, of, of, on top of its body and on the sides of the body there are many many legs, I think that's what millipede mean, maybe many legs, um, and these legs are small and very soft and fragile. Underneath it's a bit tender as well When you poke a millipede, it curls into a ball. I think it does that to protect its tender bits. When I came to the UK, about nearly 20 years ago now, I studied psychiatry as a nurse. What I soon learned was actually human beings are not that different from millipedes. Because when you touch them where they are tender, when you poke them, they curl into a ball. To protect themselves. It's only natural. I do that. I'm pretty sure you do the same. So, when I'm asked to talk about racism, I am aware that's a sensitive subject. And I'm t- I need to touch places that are tender. Some will curl into a ball. Unfortunately, as Christians, we don't quite always have the the right to protect ourselves from tender parts from issues that are a bit sensitive. The word of God tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter four, the Bible tells us that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates dividing bone and marrow and it searches the intents and thoughts of their heart. It does this so that we go into places where we will not naturally go. Why? Because we need to be transformed from inside through the word of God. So when you hear Black Lives Matter and me saying that this morning, or when I say racism and your natural tendency to curl into a ball and protect yourself, or It's anger or even apathy. Please allow me to go into this issue with you this morning. Perhaps there are areas we we all need to learn and change. I'm going to just talk about why we need to talk about racism in general and as Hub Community Church. I'm going to talk about two areas of racism that I think we can focus on because of time, and I'm going to think about how we can respond to these two areas and the issues of racism in our community and close with that. I'm hoping there's going to be enough time to go through this. So why does it matter? Why should we talk about racism? Well, one of the evils about racism is that it doesn't treat everybody with dignity. As Christians, we believe that all people are made in the image of God. And as such, they deserve dignity and respect and honour. We've got to honour all that is human. Because humanity resembles God. So racism means that certain people are not treated the same way as others. And that is not right because it fails to recognise God's image in all that is human. The second reason why we should talk about racism is because it creates an injustice. And, and, and God, our God, cares greatly about justice. He is a God of justice and love. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, we see Him again and again sending people, prophets they are called, to His people Israel at the time. And asking them to be careful, to be just. And he, again and again and again and again he asked them to think about those people who were on the margins, people who could be marginalised. So the widow, the fatherless, the foreigner, and the poor, because you will not have it that his people treated the people in a different way. So we must absolutely talk about racism. My son, Panache, when I asked this question to our, to our family, why should we talk about racism in church? He said, because Jesus died for similar reasons. I'm like, no, he didn't. Panache says to me Dad, Jesus was killed because his way of doing things was different. And the people who killed him ultimately did so because they didn't like his style. And isn't that true about the issues of racism? That it's more about t- style and taste. And people can, can, can treat us badly only because of those things. So if we're not careful, we will do away with the privileges that God has given us, with the, with the, with, with the gift that God has given us. Together, in diversity, brings us so much wealth. And we cannot, we shouldn't dare allow racism to, do, to, to get rid of that gift that God has given us, we also should talk about it because we are salt and light. Jesus called his church, his people, those that believe in him, to be salt of the earth, i.e., make the earth right, flavor it, lest that which is good that God has given to earth come out and be experienced, and light of the world, i.e., shine. Make plain that which is good that God has created. Make everything clear. Racism creates injustices and evil. We are supposed to have a voice into the community so that that which is good that God has created can be seen and can be tasted. Also, specifically as hub, when we are called out as a church, God gave us some vision statements that we're supposed to grow. Growth is one of the vision statements. And it's easier to grow when we encompass all people. Also, the second vision statement, wait for it, diversity, as Andy says, that's at God's heart. Revelation 7 says, God will allow all cultures and all people of all races together in eternity. And another Part of the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 11, the prophet there talks about the kingdom of God being full of harmony, everybody living together in unity. It is God's heart. Also, we believe as hub that we're called to transform societies. And if injustice and racism exist in our societies, we have to speak into that. That's part of our calling. Additionally, we're called to become a community that care for one another. How can we do that if we don't see all people the same? So it is clear that we have to absolutely go there and talk about racism. Whether you feel like ke- curling into a ball and protect yourself, whether you feel angry about it, or whether you feel quite indifferent about it, it's important that you take notice and talk about this. So what are the two areas then that I wanted to focus on this morning? The first area, these are for me the issues that racism has created. And we've got to be careful about these issues. I'm trying to shed light here. as light of the world. So the first issue then is the hidden biases that people have. What do you see when you look at me? These biases kind of help us to think that, oh, you're not good enough just by looking at you. There are people who feel threatened just by looking at you. There are people who think you cannot be that clever just by looking at you. There are people who think you are not good enough, you cannot do it just by looking at you. Those biases, I believe, can perpetuate the issues of racism. And they're not deliberate, they can be quite hidden. And when you don't take a liking towards somebody, ask yourself why. And if you cannot put a finger on why you don't like them, explore a bit more. Of course, there might be a good reason why your gut tells you no. But other times, it is these racist tendencies that we have of protecting ourselves in ways that are unhelpful and thinking a stranger danger, as it's called by some people. So while all strangers can appear dangerous, if they don't look like you, they can particularly look dangerous. And that's not always the case. So the first issue that I want us to really think about and I want you to think about in your life is what biases do we have towards people who don't look like you? Are those biases right, fair, and just? If you don't keep yourself in check, you might treat people in ways that perpetuate racism. The second area to focus on is historical sins. I think that the history that we have gone and worked together through as humanity has had some really good things, but also some really terrible things. And some of these terrible things, as well as the good things, have created structures that we operate within. These structures can really make humanity flourish if they were good. But other structures also can create and perpetuate racism, even for people who are not intending on being discriminatory. I think social structures for me look like this. As a kid growing up in Zimbabwe, I knew I could become anybody. I knew I was good enough, clever enough, and I knew that there were a lot of symbols I could aspire to become someone. Why? Because wherever I looked, there were people there that looked like me. One of the real issues within the United Kingdom is I worry and fear for my children. When they look at black people, they tend to see entertainers and sports sports people who are successful. They tend to see um, carers, security guards, bus drivers those are the careers, it's the limitation of, of, of prospects. I don't know of a kid who has seen a black head teacher, for example. I'm not aware of any FOOTS 100 CEO. So how can I dare dream to be a FOOTS 100 CEO if I think I'm caught into business? For me to dare dream like that it's to dread to dream to be the first black person to be a FTSE 100 CEO, for example. Imagine your child having to dream to be successful, I have to be the first person to walk on the planet Mars, because nobody who looks like me has ever done that. I think some of the structures that we have in society makes it so that certain people don't get to those places Not because they're not good enough, but they don't look the right way. You might disagree with me, but I think I've got some stats to back up some of these structural issues I'm talking about. The lack of representation for me is one of the historical structural issues that I'm talking about. Let me give you these stats that I've said I've got. And can you think through what the impact of these stats will be? There are many, many, many stats, but I thought I would give you just a few bits of time to give you a flavour. This coming from the government on figures. Black women have four times higher mortality rates compared to British, white British women. What do you think that does to our families when we lose our mothers like that? Black kids are three times, they've got three times higher rates of permanent exclusion from school. What do you think that does for their future prospects? Black workers with degrees earn 23.1% less on average than white workers. What do you think that does for our resources? Blacks have the lowest of all ethnicities in the UK, working as managers, directors, and senior officials. What do you think that does to our voice? In the criminal justice system, blacks are more likely to be stopped by the police, to be searched and to be remanded into prison when they're charged for any crime Even though the conviction rates for blacks in all sort of crimes, including rape, violence, drugs, fraud, fraud are lower compared to white offenders. I don't know what you make of those stats. For me, they talk about those biases and structural issues that we have still in our society. Perhaps we haven't seen many black people being killed in this country. But there are still issues that we need to work on. So what can you do? What can you do? Well, I think there are at least three things you can do personally and we can do together as a community. One is reach out. That is really Christ-likeness. If you remember Christ, Jesus Christ, talked of a parable of the good Samaritan. What made the Samaritan good was that he attended to the needs at his own personal cost of somebody of a different race or ethnicity to himself. That's what loving your neighbour looks like. Let's think of Jesus himself. He was called a friend of sinners, of prostitutes and tax collectors. He reached out to people who were not accepted by others. So why can you not reach out to somebody who is different to you?
1: Make a of
0: effort to, into doing that. That's why they put him to the cross. That's why they killed him according to Panasha. So it will come at a cost. Of course it will cost you. But that's what it means to be Christ-like. So why don't you reach out? So the first thing you can do is reach out. The second thing I can challenge you to do is to give benefit of doubt and time to somebody of a different race. You need to allow yourself to be inconvenienced in some way and try things that are not palatable to you so that you can accommodate others. Assume that you know what, these guys are good. Assume that, you know what? these guys are loving. Assume that these guys can enrich you. Give us the benefit of doubt and embrace us as you would other person. One of the things that I find quite tiring is having to constantly prove yourself to be accepted because you are less than. So reach out and give out the benefit of doubt and time to those that don't look like you. Paul, who was in this year or two weeks ago, spoke quite a lot about this and said that he became all things to all people just to share Christ with them. Jesus did that which was unpalatable. He went to the cross, gave up his life for you and me. So because we could be good with capacity for goodness, even though we'd lost it. So give, give us benefit of doubt and try. The final thing I want us to think about Onto you to think about is how can you demolish walls we are called lately we've been hearing a lot about being a church without walls help demolish those structures that have been de- created by past and historical sins so why don't you try to include people at different levels I'm so privileged to be in the leadership team And we are doing well as Hub Community Church that two of the eight leaders are from an ethnic minority background. That's a quarter. That's better than the stats of our society within which we live, where 13% come from BEM. We are leading ahead in that regard. But we also need a congregation to be like that. What can you do to ensure that others are, are welcome and demolish the world, the barriers that make other people not come and be with us. No, to demolish these this, this walls also, you need to know what efficacy looks like. Effectiveness, what does that look like? It's not, it isn't just accent. It is certainly not just colour. It's not mannerisms either. Is beyond, Is deeper than those things. So to demolish walls, you cannot bar people, let people, because they have a different accent, different mannerism, mannerisms, different ways of doing things. Try to sing the songs that they sing and try to allow them to be themselves so that you can demolish walls. The final thing we can do, the third and final thing, maybe the most important thing, is we can pray. Prayer takes many forms. And... I, we have covered. I remember Nancy talking to us about lament. One of the things, if we do nothing at all, is to lament that these injustices exist in our society. So go to the Father and say, "How long will it continue to be divided by these things?" The second type of prayer we can also pray is one we haven't really quite covered, but in in the Lord's Prayer. We say, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. We pray for God's will to be done. And that's intercessory in nature. The prayer for others is called intercession. And we need to do that more. Those that are affected, even if that's not me, pray that others are included more. And we can also pray for forgiveness for our own prejudices. We pray for forgiveness. For our own biases. We can pray for forgiveness, for our own uh, structures, you know, working in the structures that perpetuate racism. But we can also pray for repentance, changing the way we do things. That's what repentance means. Give us the strength, Lord, and the courage to change how we do things so that we can honor all people as image bearers. He help us, Lord, to address injustices that exist in our society. And he help us to have the courage to demolish structures and systems that perpetuate these injustices. Where we have sinned, Lord, forgive us. Where we haven't, Lord, help us to stand with those that experience these problems daily. In, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry that I've taken a bit longer than usual, but that's what it means to be African. Please accept me. Amen.